Hi, thank you for tuning in to the Finding Harmony podcast with me, your host, Harmony Slater. Well, hello, welcome to the Finding Harmony podcast. I'm just so pleased that you're here today. I'm Harmony, and I have the great pleasure of introducing you to an incredible woman. She's an entrepreneur, a wellness consultant, a yoga teacher, a studio owner, and author, Michelle L. Khoury. She also has a PhD. I mean, this woman is incredible. Her studio, Yoga Masia, is a beautiful studio dedicated to empowering kids and mothers and women to learn the deeper meaning of yoga and come to love the practice and have it transform their lives just as it did hers. And you're going to hear all about it in this episode. Uh, yoga Masia is located in Philadelphia and is really created as a sanctuary for students to come in and embrace their feminine energies, to realize their inherent peace through the practice of yoga and their inherent values through gratitude, respect, authenticity, community, and equity. Um, I can't wait to just have you meet Michelle. She's a wife and a mom to three daughters who is obviously residing in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Um, we met just a few days ago, maybe a week ago, um, through the Yoga Gives Back program because she is also an ambassador for Yoga Gives Back and was named Ambassador of the Year along with myself and two others, Kia Miller and Jean Hilleman. And the four of us are having a discussion this coming Saturday, November 12th for the Yoga Gives Back Global Gala. And I really hope that you'll join. It's an incredible um, event. There's going to be two times dedicated to sun salutations, um, as well as some meditation, some chanting. Many yogis and familiar friends and faces that you know will be guiding different sections of the program. And there will also be a tribute uh, through the Namaste Award to Christy Turlington Burns, who is the founder and president of another great charity organization called Every Mother Counts. The Namaste Award was created as a tribute to visionaries who inspire the global yoga community and beyond with their vision and have an alignment with a humanitarian cause um, that... I guess, aligns with uh, Yoga Gives Back's mission to make the world a better place and inspire women and children, uplifting them and amplifying uh, the voices, uh, the cause, the injustices that are happening globally um, to women and consequently their children. So our guest today, Michelle, is an amazing, shining, beautiful example of someone who does this in her own community, decolonizing integrative health, um, investing her time, her energy, her resources into wellness equity. She's using yoga as a doorway for discussions on race, gender, and other social inequities to help empower the future generations of leaders. And we're really going to get into it and talk about all these amazing things. And I hope that you look for uh, the 
publication, the book that she has been published in called We Rise in Power. It's coming out in 2023. You could probably pre-order your copy now. Um, we're going to have just an incredible conversation today. And both Russell and I walked away feeling so inspired, so uplifted, and I know that you will too. And so I hope that after listening to this beautiful uh, conversation and discussion with Michelle, that you also go right on ahead and make a donation to Yoga Gives Back. And uh, if you haven't listened to our episode with the founder, Kayoko, uh, go back a few weeks and listen to our episode with Kayoko, where you can hear all about Yoga Gives Back's mission, how it started from the roots and has grown into an international uh, charity organization that is supporting women and children in India through microloans and educational scholarships, as well as many other um, ways that they uplift and help women who are in underserved communities and populations in very particular areas of India right now. So I hope that you come on November 12th, Saturday. It will be this Saturday coming to join us in celebration of 15 years of Yoga Gives Back. It is their 15-year anniversary and also uh, support all of the amazing teachers who are all donating their time um, to this cause to help Yoga Gives Back and uh, support the women and children in India. Give back a little bit of your precious prana, your precious energy, whether it's through time, whether it's through um, financial donations to Yoga Gives Back, uh, so that they can also elevate and help lift up uh, impoverished women in India and really empower them through creating uh, jobs so that they can become entrepreneurs all of their own and create their own companies and income streams, which gives them a voice, which gives them power, which helps them employ other women in their communities. It's a, it's a great organization and a great mission. So I hope that you take the time to make a donation and join us on November 12th. But to get you in the mood and get you even more inspired uh, by everything happening with Yoga Gives Back and also with Yoga Mazia and Michelle El Khoury, um, we're going to just jump right into it and uh, get on with today's Finding Harmony podcast episode. Hi, welcome to the Finding Harmony podcast. I'm your host, Harmony. I'm here with Russell Case. Harmony. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, we've We've received a letter from our legal department. Oh dear! At um, the Finding Harmony podcast, um, I'll just read a few sections for you. the uh, The SEC has filed a complaint against you, of course, against the both of us. <laughs> so what they've what they've found out, or what they've discovered through their um, analysis, uh -huh. is that eighty six of our one hundred and thirty eight episodes. Yeah are likely fabrications and were <laughs> produced by bots. Bots? Yeah. So um, we're going to have to go through those and we're going to, we could Sounds either like a, fight it. 
Yeah. Which I don't think we have the funds to do. No. Um, but we could, we or we could just take them down and delete them. That sounds like a good side job for you. <laughs> We're gonna have to. <laughs> so the sexual healing episode, for example, might very well have been a bot, is what they're saying. A bot. <laughs> it was produced by bots. Well, today is not produced by a bot, nor are any of us uh, bots on this uh, episode. <laughs> that I. It is I hard know. to tell though for you for you at home. I can understand. And because our guest today is Michelle El Khoury. Hello, Michelle. How are you? Hello. Hello. So happy to be here. It's so great to have you here. I'm really excited. You and I met uh, in person over the internet <laughs> the other day. Which is the way to meet these days. It is. It's true, right? I know. I keep thinking, how am I going to meet people if I never leave my house? Um, so that is the way that I meet most people these days. <laughs> and, um, and because we were both nominated as ambassadors of the year through Yoga Gives Back. Yes. Oh, congratulations. And congratulations. Congratulations to, to the both of you. That's so cool. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, it was it was such an honor and we just had such a amazing conversation. Um and I can't wait to to share it with everyone during the Yoga Gives Back on oh, November 12th. Mm-hmm. I have blocked oh, out that day. I think it's probably the one time I can actually like say that I have nothing else going on because I blocked it out so far in advance. So, yeah. Definitely tune in. Yeah, it's the amazing. day after the Black Panther release, Wakanda Forever. So that's how that's I know. True. <laughs> that's on November 11th uh, in theaters near you. Yes. And it's also Remembrance Day. I, remembering. Okay. The day after Remembrance Day. <laughs> that was a good night. The day after. Um, yeah. The I, I have an intro for Michelle, and I'd love to talk with you about all these different things that you're amazing at. Oh, wow. Uh, Michelle <laughs> El Khoury is a West Indian Afri- uh, immigrant, wife, mother, and entrepreneur. Michelle led a rewarding 20 year career in the healthcare industry, holding several global and regional roles as part of, a ca- a part of cancer drug launches. She currently serves as the health and wellness educator with <clears throat> Integrative Health at Children's Health of Philadelphia. You hold a Bachelor's of Science in Pharmacy, a Master's of Science in Health Sciences and Clinical Research Administration, and a PhD in Public <laughs> Health and Epidemiology. I don't... How do you have time for all of these things? This is... <laughs> that's incredible. That's that was incredible. a long time ago, too. <laughs> that's an incredible <laughs> career profile. Can you tell us more about your work at Children's Health? Do you... I mean, do you want, uh-huh. do you want to? Would you like to? Yeah, no, um, it's funny, you know, I sort of switched lives, I guess. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, for the majority of my life, I was working in the pharmaceutical industry and uh, first practicing pharmacy. And then through one of my hospital jobs, I applied for, for a job at one of the bigger farmers. And there you go, I, I got the job and I thought, oh, this would be lovely. And I stayed there for 20 years. And uh, not in the same company, but um, mm-hmm. basically the same type of job. Uh, mm. And and now as part of my work with my studio, Yoga Mesia, um, I ended up having an opportunity to also work from, an, from another perspective, the perspective of integrative health and bringing yoga into health and wellness education mm. at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. So, 
you know, when I'm not doing my work with Yoga Mesia and everything else, um, (laughs) I also share some of my time with the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia and we provide um, health and wellness education. It's really an equity program for families and children who may not necessarily be privy to um, that type of service or education um, in the area. So it's really good. It's a nice balance to some of the the day-to-day that I do right now. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. I was going to ask if you might know my friend, uh, Michelle Kelsey Mitchell, who is the founder of Yo Kids. Uh, She's out of uh, Virginia, Arlington, Virginia. I do not know her personally, but I do know the name. Oh, cool. We worked together for years and years and years over at Pure Edge, uh, teaching kids yoga together. One of the things that was that you said that was really interesting is that um, we taught kids yoga, but very quickly we had to to change that to health and wellness. Um, and I and I we just found that it was easier to work in public space with that terminology. And I just wondered if. You mentioned health and wellness, and I just wondered if that was that was intentional for you as well. Is that something that you've encountered? So I've encountered it in both ways. I think um, from the perspective of Yoga Mesia and what I do and the work that I do with my own business, I still continue to use the word yoga. I think it's important that we continue to educate around the misperceptions that might be out there, because when you really think about it, um, you know, the reason people might not use the the terminology or the word as we know it is because they have a particular mindset about it, mm-hmm. right? And probably that mindset is based on incorrect information mm-hmm. um, or a lack of understanding of a particular aspect of, of yoga as a practice as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, what in, in the way that I use it, um, to me, it's more as, an, as a whole. So it's not to replace yoga and even my work within integrative health at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, the way they say it is also in the same instance. It's really, truly integrating yoga with all of the other um, aspects that benefit our health and wellness. So whether that's, you know, acupuncture or massage therapy or, you know, our nutrition, healthy eating, you know, Mm. getting enough sleep getting, you know, all of these lifestyle approaches are part of yoga technically, but I think it's just how you think about it and how you define it as well. Mm -hmm. Um, In some cases, it's probably more comfortable for people to use a particular terminology over others. But, um, you know, I sort of see yoga as one of the many other facets that we can come into and to make sure that we are taking care of ourselves. Mm. which is what Mm. yoga is, right? Mm -hmm. It is self-care. Yeah, yeah, I know. I tend to use like yoga practice and self-care practices interchangeably um, just because I feel like it is such a part of our self-care practice and self-care is maybe like a bigger umbrella that could include, you know, mindfulness or meditation or how we're thinking, um, you know, like all kinds of things, journaling even, but all of that is also a part of the yoga path and practice as well. (laughs) I agree. I agree. And so how do we, how do we even turn that around to to explain it to children? Right. And so I think that's why, you know, the approach that's taken is okay. Using terminology that might be a little bit easier to understand, which is absolutely okay. 
But, you know, I think from the perspective of, of how I look at it, it's also making sure that we do not miss out on the opportunity to explain to our children exactly what that entails. And mm-hmm. that includes yoga and what is yoga and how can it help you and all of the different facets related to it, not just the physical, which is what a lot of people think it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do, are you, have you been successful at all with, with your own kids? We're struggling. <laughs> to get him interested in yoga. <laughs> so, if if by kid you mean that includes my husband, then <laughs> I absolutely failed when it came to my husband. <laughs> no, with my kids, actually, I think they are they are more the life force for me to keep going mm-hmm. with this. To mm-hmm. be quite honest with you, you know, I started yoga when I was pregnant with my second child, mm-hmm. my second daughter. And when I started yoga, I didn't think that it was something that people like me or who looked like me did. Um, Mm -hmm. So it was not even something that I considered, to be quite honest with you. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I happened to be with my husband and my daughter, my first daughter at the time. Um, We went to YMCA. And the YMC is a very nice community setting where, you know, you go in and they have all these classes and we had this membership and I wasn't using any part of the membership, you know, but my <laughs> husband, he definitely takes advantage of every single penny that's spent in our household. So <laughs> he and my daughter, they started this karate class. Yeah. And so I'm sitting in front, you know, and there's like all this glass in the front and you can see them. So I'm here, I am, I'm pregnant. And I didn't have, I would say a absolutely 100% pleasant experience with my first pregnancy. It was very different. Um, you know, anything that you would have considered part of a normal, normal quote unquote birth plan was completely the opposite. Right. Mm. And, um, at the end, I was just happy that I had a healthy baby Yeah, because it's not, it's not, you know, when you think about some of the mortality rates, um, they're especially, you know, from a maternal mortality, they're especially significantly higher in, um, non-white, yeah. Woman, right? And yeah. so for me, I I wanted to really think about strategically, you know, how can I even, you know, from a health and wellness perspective, what can I do to just make this experience a little bit better? Mm-hmm. So here I am contemplating on that particular question in the middle of this YMCA, looking at my husband and daughter doing karate through this glass. And I turned to my right and there's a yoga class going on mm-hmm. and it's an Ashtanga yoga class. Now, of course, oh, I wow. didn't even know what the word Ashtanga meant. I didn't know, you know, what the practice yeah. entailed or anything. And my husband's like, oh, you should try this. And I'm like there with, I mean, I wasn't extremely big at the time, but I was forming um, yeah. a nice little, <laughs> you know, punch. And um, I went to the, I, I remember walking in and, they're all these lovely, tall, skinny, you know, really bendy women in there. I don't yeah. remember seeing any men. White and, women. you know, nobody looking like me. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And I did get the courage to go to the to the teacher and I asked her, I was like, hey, you know, I'm pregnant. You know, is would this be a good class for me? And she she looked at me. And I will never, ever forget. She looked at me and she said, are you breathing? And I'm like, well, I'm standing here, right? And she said, 
then you're already doing yoga. So she said, you can absolutely, you know, you do it to what you think it would mean for you. And she said, you can come in. You don't have to, don't look at what anybody else is doing. You can follow along and I can guide you along the way. And so that's what I did. I went to the dollar store, I think the next day I bought myself a mat and I said, I'm going to try to get maximize whatever I can from this membership that I was not using. Yeah. <laughs> started doing this class and you, she was so you remember her name. Yes. Her name is Shari Simon. She uh-huh. actually owns um, an Ashtanga yoga studio uh, in the area that I live in Doylestown, Pennsylvania. It's called Sundog Yoga. Wow. And she, um, she, she's actually a student of David Swenson. Yeah. And it's so funny that I, when I moved to this area several years later, yeah, <laughs> I walked into her studio and took her class. And I thought, you know, again, in my mind, that was kind of like my first Ashtanga class. Cause again, other than doing it then yeah. I, you know, practice yoga, et cetera, but not specifically Ashtanga. And I walked into this class and I thought, this seems so familiar and, and I'm looking at this face and I'm like, she seems so familiar. And, and wow. I walked up to her after and I said, did you teach at the YMCA back in 2013? She was like, yeah, I don't do that anymore though. And did it like, oh my gosh, what are the chances? That's wild. That, like, it, so so to, to up to this day, I mean, she, I see her as like my teacher. Yeah. You know, I don't, I'm not a, a, an ashtangi and, you know, I, yeah. but, but she's somebody that I call upon all the time. And it was, she, you know, that's, that was a significant moment in even what I understood yoga to be. Mm. Um, yeah. You know, I she eventually. Really, she really yeah, hit you absolutely. with both barrels with that yeah. question. I mean, that's a. Yeah. Yeah, and and imagine right, you're going into this class and you're seeing all the because it's 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 a you know sequence Mm -hmm. and they're going through and I did the poses. I mean, honestly, I surprised myself. You know, I wasn't doing the ones that I'm not supposed to, but and I eventually transitioned into a prenatal class. So she she kind of paved the way for me. That's why I didn't um, fall and I lost touch. You know, I just I knew that she was this person. I knew that she had her studio and that was that. And I kind of you know we all went our separate lives and yeah, and that kind of paved the way that's so cool that it came full circle though and you, like, <laughs> it was it was an extreme years later. yeah <laughs> and then when she found out that I was you know opening the studio you know like we were yeah. talking to each other but as we were doing this she didn't know that it was me you know mm. as I was opening my yeah. studio and so yeah. that was just a whole different connection right there all over again so yeah. it was really nice oh that's so cool it's it's so interesting I I feel like I've had a um uh, a difficult time coming around to the 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 idea of privilege in a yoga space. Um, I felt like very early I understood your white male privilege. Um, my mom was very keen to to make sure I understood that. But um, yoga for me in like 1993 was this punk gnarly thing that artists and and dishwashers did. You know, it wasn't like. Uh, a thing were the rich white girls until, you know, Madonna started doing it. And it was just, the transformation was kind of b- bewildering. I, I think that that was true for Harmony and I both. It was like, nobody cool. Like we were losers. Like we're not. Like, we're not <laughs> Definitely nobody. like into some alternative things. Yeah. It was a counterculture <laughs> punk thing that, you know, that you do, you go to a rainbow gathering and then you do some yoga, not, you're not going to downtown Beverly Hills and doing yoga. No one, 
no one was doing that. So- if you even think about some of, um, you know, as I was doing some history and, and, you know, you talk to different people and you read different things. I mean, even in the civil rights era, you know, there were really predominant African-American oh, absolutely. Uh, leaders who did it, you know, Quincy Jones, Rosa Parks, you know, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. you, when you look at it, it's just, I guess it's, it's one of those things where you're not really paying attention as much, mm-hmm. you know, even in the current world, as I was, you know, back, you know, eight years ago, nine years ago, when I did my first yoga teacher training, it, it wasn't something that I, you know, focused on. It was more, and because I was doing it for me, I had just had my, at the time, my second daughter, and then we mm-hmm. moved halfway around the world to Dubai in like oh, wow. a three months span. So yeah. I went from, you know, in that, I would say that first year of me practicing yoga, it was, there were a series of life events that occurred mm-hmm. that really, um, I guess maybe probably reinforced why I needed it. Maybe, mm-hmm. um, you know, yeah. cause I, again, I wasn't, it wasn't something I considered. And even if I had you know, I certainly knew what it was. And I, and to your point, you know, you had certain misperceptions, right? Like, oh, it's this type of person that does yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I never saw myself as one of those people. Right. Until, yeah. you know, I started uh, getting more involved. And, you know, at the time that we moved, I found myself having a whole year off. Mm-hmm. And, oh, nice. you know, so, and I, I told my, it's like, I told my husband, I'm not going to be a housewife. I have to do something. Yeah. And so I had started, you know, going to, to more studios and doing more classes. And then, you know, mm-hmm. I saw this ad for a YTT 200 and I'm like, Oh, what's that? You know? And then I had to call the person I'm like, but I don't really want to teach. Do you like, do you take people who don't want to teach? And, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, it's like, cause you, you know, I, I, I tend to think sometimes, you know, that it's like a fad, right? Like everybody's, you know, a YTT 200 or everybody. And that's, that's not what I wanted for me. Um, Mm -hmm. So it was really more about how do I kind of, and and that's, it it happened. It was more about how do I, you know, better come to terms with me and accept myself because, Mm -hmm. you know, I was at this point where I was like, you know, in the midst of marriage, parenting, Mm -hmm. you know, corporate job and, you know, specific, like, you know, objectives and specific, you know, goals. And I had to be here by a certain time and you know, like these typical type of ladders that you, Mm -hmm. you know, that you put yourself on. Nobody actually put it, put you there. You put yourself there, right? You know, those were decisions I made. And um, that year of, I guess, reflection and, you know, I, I, I was lucky enough to, you know, I always say to myself that I was, I'm very lucky in the sense, right? You know, I moved halfway around the world. I have my kids, I have my husband, and we were able to travel to all these, you know, really beautiful places that were around in that area. Yeah. Um, and so I had the opportunity to go on different yoga retreats and, you know, so it was a lot of, you know, introspection, that yeah. that year, you know, where I said, okay, I want to, I want to learn more about this. I want, and then I started, you know, teaching mm-hmm. without the thought of, oh, I'm going to be a yoga teacher someday. You know, it right. was more like, <laughs> oh, you know, somebody would say, oh, you're a teacher. Do you, I, I can't go. Can you teach me this? You know, and I, so I started doing like little private classes and then, and then, you know, I, I decided, oh, you know, I, 
I, I thought because I had started in prenatal, another ad came up for a prenatal yoga teacher training. Mm. I'm like, yeah. oh, that would be great. It will help me for like future pregnancies. Sure. So I went <laughs> and, and I did it. And, you know, it was so mm. lovely. Again, you meet so many great people, so many great teachers. Um, and it's so funny. I was actually, I didn't know it at the time, but when I was doing that prenatal yoga teacher training, I was pregnant with my third oh. child. And I didn't know it, but, you know, I always, you know, I, because I was more in tune to my body and understanding exactly what it could do. And I started also doing like some hypnobirthing classes and, you know, more childbirth education classes. Again, it's not because I'm a first time mother or any, or first time pregnancy. It's (laughs) just more like, I, I guess over the course of the years, the older I get, I'm starting to realize I should treat myself better Yeah. (laughs) Um, versus trying to be everything for everyone. Right. You're trying to be like the, the superhero or the, the wonder woman or the, whatever Mm. it is, um, whatever these labels are. Hustle culture. Yes, it is. It is. It is. And so, you know, you have to, you have to keep that balance. It's, it's like a cliche, but you really, until you start to experience it. And I didn't, I, I didn't want to acknowledge that all of that hustle culture was actually building up, was building up for me. So by the time I had Sahara, my third, and I went back to work, you know, it was actually, I I probably wasn't ready. I probably, you know, I, I didn't even think I was going to go back to work. I was in this mm. lovely zone, but you get this, you get to this point where you're like, okay, well, I have to go back to work. Mm. I right. I can't not work, you know, it's, it's yeah. the mentality was there. And, you know, that really started to affect me mentally later on. And that's when I, I just got to the point where I said, you know, it's between that and my kids, Yeah, I think, you know, wanting right. to be more there for them and to give them a you know, I didn't want my kids learning, you know, that life is the way, okay, you have to go to college and you have to get a job and you have to do this. And this. don't get mm-hmm. me wrong. Those are all great things. You know, I do not regret my, you know, secondary and tertiary educations. I love it. It helps me today. So it's definitely not a waste, but I think we are embedded, you know, um, the way that our ancestors have sort of put this aura that this is the way that it's supposed to be. And and the same thing with, you know, this is how boys should be. This is how girls should be. And there's yeah. only these, you know, there's only this binary. You yeah. know, why is yeah. it that way? Mm-hmm. Um, it yeah. doesn't have to be, right? And And you can't really, it wouldn't change unless somebody takes the time and the courage to step up and try to make that change, you know, and that's where, you know, we come in, I feel. Um, so, yeah. I was I was listening to um, this YouTube by Jake Blount, who is a, a banjo scholar on black string, string uh, band music. And the reason it's called black string band music is that white people didn't want to allow it to be called bluegrass because that was a separate thing and they were in a separate basket. And so... It's it's a it's interesting again, like this kind of notion of of what's allowed to be in what basket and what's allowed to be for what what person, and you know you were saying like this kind of thing isn't for me, and you you just had this lovely quote here in your bio that you like to use yoga as a as a doorway for discussions on race and other social inequities, and I I thought I thought that was really 
important to say, and I think it's really valuable because I think yoga is this thing that allows us to to feel human and to treat other humans as as beings, and, exactly, and not as you know objects or 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 difference. Or different absolutely, things. absolutely. I think you know when you grow up in in a particular society, and if you're not educated in certain aspects of it, right? Um, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll use myself as an example. I, you know, grew up in a country that where <clears throat> race is just so intertwined mm-hmm. that you know it's 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 not that it's not something that's discussed, but it's not the dominant aspect and it, it does not distinguish, you know, opportunities and, you know, all of these other sort of determinants that um, affect us as much here in the U S. So that's in Trinidad, Tobago. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so moving here to the U S you know, it was very surprising for me. You know, I remember working in my first hospital and, you know, I would get these comments like, well, you know, you're taking opportunities from, from us, you know, things like that. <laughs> oh, for fuck's <laughs> sake. Right out loud. To, Jesus Christ. And, you know, people would give you these, these comments here and there. And, you know, it's very surprising, right? Um, because, you know, if to me, irrespective of your gender, your race, your religion, whatever, if you have done something, you've, you've put in that work, then by all means, you know, any sort of opportunities should be open to you. But that's not the case, you know, and that's not the case that I saw, you know, as a a young woman growing up. It's not the case Mm -hmm. that I saw working in the corporate world, irrespective of how high of a level that I got. In fact, the Mm -hmm. higher I got, it, it seemed like you know, and probably mostly males, but it seemed like people were more determined to show that, you know, that they're, they're that lack of acknowledgement, right? right? Mm-hmm. That it's, oh, well, it's because you're, you know, black right. that maybe you yes. have this opportunity, or it's because you are this, or it's because you're yeah. that. Why? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, it's not about trying to be inside the crowd. I've never been that type of person. It's mm-hmm. the same situation that I am now as an entrepreneur living in a mostly conservative area. Um, For me, it's about, does this person treat me with respect? Hmm. And so, you know, do they treat my family with respect? You know, Mm -hmm. do they, how, how are they, you know, it's not about what they think and trying to change their mindset. You cannot change people, right? Hmm. Um, It is more about, how can I educate them and inform them on the things that probably might affect me, might affect my husband, might affect my children in a way that they do not feel completely um, put out by it, but also to acknowledge that, you know, it shows that there is probably a slight discrimination towards me or towards my family. Slight. Um, huh. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's difficult. It is. Um, I will not, say that it isn't but you know we for all of the things that we discussed earlier where you sort of use yoga as that coping mechanism Mm -hmm. as Mm -hmm. you acknowledge the things that happen because if you take if you really just and it used to affect me a lot I will not lie Mm -hmm. um you know when I was in that sort of corporate life and it's like oh this is so 
fucking unfair, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have we to go edit through that out. all of this. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. you know, I would see, like, you know, for all of the things and all of the projects and all of the accomplishments. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, somebody would just walk in and they probably just, you know, picked up a piece of paper from the floor. And that was, like, brilliant, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. And, yeah. and, and same thing, you know, with opportunities in in the business world it's the Mm -hmm. same thing and you sit here and i I read and i look and i'm thinking okay well that's interesting um you know if you if you look at just typical numbers and this Mm -hmm. you know again i'm I'm, i come from a research background so numbers you know the the evidence you know i'm very evidence-based in that sense but when you look at the numbers you know the number of minority-owned businesses has actually declined right yeah Wow. And why why is that? Like, you know, people don't ask themselves the questions why. It's it's funny. And I remember watching a CBS News money segment during the pandemic. And it was talking about, you know, businesses. And they kept rehashing that, you know, black owned businesses are twice as likely to fail. Oh, and again, that's I setting them up there. to fail as a mentality. So this is exactly what I'm saying. Like we get, you know, as a society, we get Mm -hmm. these things thrown at us, Mm -hmm. you know, in in any sense this, I'm using this as an example, but anything, right. We get this, these, all of these, you know, subconscious messaging or subtle messaging that we accept to be true, whether it's true or not. That's what it is. And I remember feeling like that when I worked in the corporate world, you know, yeah. I remember when people be like, oh, Michelle, you know, you're, you just, you're just so aggressive and you know, this is why, you know, so we're oh. not going to, and I'll like, and I'll sit there and I'll the tone police now. I against, would rehash yeah. everything that I said. I would yeah. rehash every email that I wrote and, you know, just for being direct or just mm-hmm. for speaking the truth when mm-hmm. somebody would do the exact same thing and it's like, oh, these people are great. I mean, yeah. literally, I can't tell you how many times I was called to HR for certain reasons. There are cases where people wanted to, they were trying to fire me for things like that. Yeah. Um, and, and if it wasn't for, you know, this is why I don't hash on it because for every bad, there's always good, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like life is always balanced off. Karma is existent. Mm-hmm. And Every time I was in one of those situations, when I think back about it, there was always someone mm. who can come in and speak the truth. Mm-hmm. And so I don't, you know, I don't anymore, you know, rehash and think of, okay, this is so unfair. And this is mm. now it's more about what are we doing to ensure that other people don't feel that way? Mm-hmm. That's how yeah. I feel. Yeah. And so how can I, you know, use yoga to do that? Well, you know, first of all, I hope that other women can feel like me as mm-hmm. empowered as I did when I was pregnant and I started practicing and mm-hmm. I would walk away every single time feeling a little bit better, a little bit more sure, a little bit more mm-hmm. confident, a little bit more, you know, relaxed. And guess what? My pregnancy was easier. By the time mm-hmm. I got to my yeah. third, it was like, I mean... I, it like I, I my husband likes to say that he doesn't know what happened. Literally, I had I ended up with my third one. I didn't even know that I was having her. She just came. She just slipped right out. She just slipped right out. Oh dear. And and that that goes that back to happen. your. Support. 
it goes back to your subconscious, right? Like what if yeah. you are rehashing in your head over and over, oh my goodness, this is so painful. This is it. Because that is how society right. taught us, right? Look at every mm-hmm. movie that you mm-hmm. see in childbirth. Yeah. And I, every time I see one now, now that I am more sort of on the educator side of it and I've done, you know, a lot more uh, research and just my own experiences, I sit here and I just look at these movies and I smile. Oh, you do the same thing, Harmony. You get so irritated by them. <laughs> so same thing. So what do you think our children are growing up with? Yeah. And so yeah. this is why I think it's important that we start to teach them these practices because you know it's kind of like i mentioned when we when we had our discussion you know with yoga gives back recently mm-hmm. what we do when we practice yoga is no different from being a normal ordinary human being right mm-hmm. if you look at the bible if you look at the quran if you look at all of the all of the sort of religious books of and tools and even you know put the sutras, put, you know, the Bhagavad Gita, everything, everything in there. Mm-hmm. It all says the same thing. Treat people with respect, you know, mm-hmm. be kind, mm-hmm. be loving, mm-hmm. don't steal, don't kill. Mm-hmm. Don't, yeah. You know, all of these, everything, yeah. the, the the overall philosophy is the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so if we think about the future, who are mm-hmm. the people that are going to help with that? It's, mm-hmm. it's, today's generation right yeah, yeah. yeah. and so I, I try it's to profound say that to, to totally. i try to say that to harmony all the time about our about our boys that we're we're raising a, a man <laughs> you know we're not taking care of a child like what kind of man do we want him to be and i i want him to be respectful to his more respectful to his mother that's, <laughs> yeah. that's all well, I mean, think about think about what's going on in the world today, right? And our mm-hmm. rights, yeah. women's rights. I know. Yeah. You know, it, it, it actually is incumbent on all the parents of yeah. males. Mm-hmm. Honestly, to be quite it honest, is. they're they're the ones that are mm-hmm. probably going to have more of an impact mm-hmm. than, you know, any other set of children because if you look at all of the the leaders, look at the whether you're in corporate government anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it takes a long time I mean, to shift that, right? Mm-hmm. That like that inherent internal bias that like we all kind of walk around with, and even in a yoga class, you know, even as a yoga teacher, and you know, maybe you've experienced this before too. But um, sometimes, like I've taught with my partners who have been men, and a lot of times people like give them more sort of authority in a sense, right? Mm-hmm. And it's it's just very Absolutely. interesting. You see it even in the yoga world too, that, you know, the teachers that sort of have really large followings and a lot of influence are often, you know, males and usually white males. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. And and how and that's that's exactly it. How do we change that? Because it's not that it's not that um, you know, women or mm-hmm. BIPOC yeah. You know, persons are not there. They're there. Mm-hmm. But how do we amplify their voices more? Yeah. Yeah. And so that, you know, that so that the children see themselves in mm-hmm. every fashion that there is. Yeah. Um, I think that having that as an opportunity to do that, you know, I live in a mostly privileged area. Mm-hmm. So my 
studio or my business is not, you know, the, the overall mission is not to serve the, the, the underserved population. Right. It is more to help the future generation. And mm-hmm. how can we educate them to different cultures other than what they know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I they're not that. learning that in schools, right? Yeah. They learn that's that's part of life. Mm-hmm. Now, I, 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 when I sit and I do homework with my kids, it's very different to the homework I had. We learned histories of the world. It was, uh, it was yeah. a very different type of thinking. And so yeah. by the time I moved to America, my, you know, there were certain expectations that I had. And now it's trying to, how can I continue that with my kids, you know, so right. that they can then pass that on. You know, I am from Trinidad. My husband's from Lebanon. We have to make sure that they don't lose, even though they're American, that they don't lose that part of them so that they can then just share that out because they're kids who they go to school with who never probably left the state, you know, or, you know, live in, in certain areas. Like going to Philadelphia is as far as some people might consider as, you know, and I don't say this in a joking way. I say it in a, in a way that, you know, for all of the privilege that's there, um, yeah. you know, it's not being used in a way that can really help the future generation mm-hmm. be more educated and, you know, not by books or college or, you know, but educated by life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so important to like that experiential education of you know, travel and experiencing other cultures and being in other cultures and even like just living there for even a few months can really change a person and how they, they feel and, and how they relate to things. And I always loved India for those reasons too, is that it really like gives you such a, a rich experiential understanding of yoga because Mm -hmm. the, There's so many opposites inherent within the within the culture that are just like there in front of you all the time, right? Like yes. the most beautiful smell and then like the most hideous smell. <laughs> like you turn one way, you turn the other way. You have or, to <laughs> maintain your equanimity yeah, at all times. You know, that's helpful. Like, 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 mm. you know, very dire poverty, but then such like openness and beauty of the heart and and but the it, it face just... and the eyes and all all of this you know all these paradoxes you you come up against and it makes you then um do that introspection that you're you're speaking about where you're looking and deconstructing your own um biases or your yeah. own preferences preferences say, yeah or even yes. your own understanding of the world like of this exactly and, this or this rather this and this right and and that's exactly it yeah why, why does it why does it have to be an or and you have yeah. to want to do that right you know mm-hmm. and parents parents would have to want to do that you know we're yeah. speaking you know as if the the kids have a choice and they do but you know for the most part at up to a certain point they really don't have that choice the parents are making this choice for them so it's the it's how how do we open the parents minds as well yeah. um, it, from what they're embedded with yeah yeah one thing one thing we've been um trying to do is is find common time with our child and so we've we've ended up uh watching every single <laughs> marvel movie and tv show including like 140 episodes of agents of shield <laughs> welcome to the just, club 
Yeah. And so just like trying to find time good company. together. And I, I just like, we were just looking for any, how can we just sit in the same room together? And I'm just, and what, one thing I've been really kind of stunned and amazed by is like, what a good job Marvel has done at platforming different voices and, and diverse images of what a superhero can be. And, and, how interesting also it is to see the the vitriol pushback in the culture war against difference. It's like, what do you mean there's a, a Muslim superhero? What do you mean that there's a, a female Hulk and, and, or um, an Asian superhero? But I think it's just so important for or a children. black hobbit or a, a black <laughs> hobbit. Like, why can't there be a black or a black elf? No, like you know, black elves. Like those are Nazi. Like elves are Nazis. We know that. Elves and are Nazis. If you get a black elf, and that's contradictory to what an elf. Leave those poor elves alone. Right, just leave the elves alone, man. And- but if you think about why that is why is there that pushback Mm -hmm. because that was how society formulated they had their own pre-definitions of what that would be the images that they are accustomed to and that they grew up with Mm -hmm. are a particular way Mm -hmm. it's not to say that that was always the right way but it just goes back to who had the opportunities in the past to even entertain the thought of diversity and right. let's let's use entertainment as yeah, yeah. the example right yeah. it goes back to that you know if you if you keep going back into the origins of it mm. you know that's what it was it's kind yeah. of like you know women being able to wear pants you yeah. know <laughs> yeah <laughs> until you know could you imagine the 70s like, <laughs> exactly like it's yeah. it's all of these different things because that's how we were raised, mm-hmm. right? I mean, mm-hmm. my husband is Middle Eastern. Up until a certain point, you know, I, my in-laws were really, I wouldn't say they were against, but they were very surprised that, you know, well, <laughs> what do you mean that you are going to work? And okay, that's great. Right. And, but oh, you're taking you. care of the kids, right? Oh, and yeah, yeah, you're yeah. going to still come home and cook dinner, right? And you're and still going to Subtle gonna do- microaggressions. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, you know, it took, you know, I'm very, I'm very fortunate that my husband did not have that thinking, mm-hmm. but it, it's, it's a cultural shift, right? Yes, um, yes. And so there's yeah. still, there's still some differences between us that we still don't agree on. There are things that his culture says that he is the, you know, dominant yeah person and you know and you know there are days when I just kind of let him go with that mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's the days. uh I think that's the story of every wife <laughs> and then you know behind the scenes we'll just kind of do our yeah. own thing yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean it's it's very interesting it's really really interesting I cannot tell you how many times since I've opened this business and we've gone to different places together and people know the name Yogamasia, they, you know, unless you really, I mean, one would think that if they know Yogamasia, they, they know that it's me, right? Yeah. But no, <laughs> absolutely not. In my own community, I, wow. my husband and I would go out and people will be like, oh my goodness. And they'll be talking to my husband. 
you know, about my business. Like, oh my goodness, you've done so well. Whoops. This is so great. Da, 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 da. And my husband, you know, I always say to him, I'm like, here's the opportunity where you can say and like put a foot in the ground and be like, okay, it's really my wife, this yeah. this woman, this woman of color yeah. doing what she can. Um, but he stands there and he smiles. He thinks uh, it's great. Yeah. I know I'm doing so much good work. <laughs> And, you know, I just kind of let it, you know, slide. And because, yeah. you know, for me, I guess, you know, the good part of that is that the good that comes out of that is that at least they're saying something good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so this is this is how I've learned to cope with, you know, these types of things. You know, the small, yeah. these are the smaller pieces. It's when, oh you know, when goodness. you see the blatant lack of respect or, yeah. you know, when, or if it's affecting my kids or my students or so, you know, like that's mm-hmm. a whole nother in a ball game where I'm yeah. like, okay, that's, that's different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it goes back to what society allows, right? Yeah. 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 What they, what they anticipate or exactly that it's like that unconscious assumption that, oh, he must be in charge or he must be the mind behind this or whatever. Right. That, I mean, you kind of have and to that like uncover those. To the support. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that, what, that lays the foundation. Yeah, totally. What does Mazia mean? Yoga Mazia actually does not have like, it have we, it's, it's funny. Everybody asks me this. Yeah. It doesn't have any particular <laughs> meaning. We, um, so, you know, I, I mentioned this, everything, all of this started because my kids pushed me to, to really go ahead and do it. Right. You know, I've yeah. been talking for years, you know, when we moved to this area, my, I would always like, we would be driving by somewhere and my, I would say to my husband, oh, that would be a nice place to have a yoga studio. And he'd be like, oh, okay. And I'll be like, oh, that's a nice place. That would be a really good space for a yoga studio. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. okay. And then when we finally got to that point, he kept going along with me and I, you know, I took him to the spot and he was like, this place is so small. This is like, you know, my husband's six foot four. So anything to him might be small. Right. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> But that's a good measure, a really tall one and a little smaller one. Into this unit and he could touch the ceiling. And we tried to come up with, you know, I had like the minute I saw the space, I knew like it was kind of like this vision of, okay, I know exactly how it's going to break out. And so I'm like sitting with the kids and they're like, I mean, literally they would be in this room with me putting flyers together, doing like all these things. They were like my little helpers everywhere, dropping all the flyers in mailboxes and doing all of these things. And when it was time to come up with a name, we were like, okay, we need a name. What's the name? None of us could come up with a name. I mean, we didn't even come up with a name for our cat. The name of our cat is Cat. Why? Because we all had different names and none of us liked each other's names. And we eventually started calling the cat Cat as as an interim. And we we kept it that way. And so I knew for a fact that we would never agree on what a name for the studio would have been. So mm-hmm. I cut my losses immediately and I said, you know what, I'm going to outsource it. So I put it uh-huh. into like this crowdfunding type website yeah. and said, hey, I'm opening a kid's yoga studio. What would you call it? Like, what's fun? What's, you know, and this, I know I kind of gave yeah. like the overall mission and this is what we want. And so I got like within 24 hours, like, I don't know, a thousand names came wow. back. Wow. And, um, and we just kind of like boiled it down and we ended up with like two kind of, you know, mm-hmm. really good ones. And I, I closed my eyes and I sent it to my parents. I sent it to like my yeah. 
fam, my sisters, my siblings, my, you know, my husband, of course, everybody at home. And I just said, well, we will have this be a democratic decision. And literally <laughs> Yoga Mesia won by one vote. And there wow. you go. <laughs> there we have it. But Yoga it doesn't, Mesia. it doesn't mean anything. It's just like a fun name. It's a fun name. Sounds super it, fun. It sounds super fun. I know. It does, it, right? Maybe you can make, up, make up a meaning for it. Like, it means yeah, well, you know, magic I, yoga. It was, it was, um, I was not too much as concerned about the name and having <laughs> a specific meaning for it as I was about the logo. The logo was very, that was mm. definitely a little bit more reflective. You know, mm-hmm. the, the fox is, um, you know, a spirit animal that sort of represents neutrality. Ah. And so it was very important for me to not have like a boy or a girl or a mm-hmm. particular race or a particular type of, you know, mm-hmm. uh, person represented in that sense. And so the fox was just very neutral for that um, mm-hmm. from wow. all aspects. And yeah. um, just if you think about the qualities of the fox, you know, they're very compassionate. They're very playful. They're yeah. very you know, quiet minded, they're very like focused sometimes. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, typical qualities of a kid. Mm-hmm. And, um, and because I'm, I really do believe in, you know, in balancing our energies, which is what kids need, right? That's the whole mm-hmm. point of teaching them yoga. You know, we, we added the lotus around the fox so that it nice. represented each, you know, each petal represented the chakras. Yeah. And that pretty much on the lotus, obviously, is purity and, you know, new mm-hmm. beginnings. You know, if you think about like babies, because we do prenatal. And nice. and so it was really just incorporating all of that and all of our values and everything we wanted to reflect in there. So, so yeah, I guess maybe I didn't put as much thinking into the name as I did for the for the logo but my kids were really like they were really into everything with it I mean down to the class names the, the names oh. of my classes are after yoga poses and my daughter came up with that oh. and she was like mom these are like re- re- you know reflective like we knew like this is these were the classes we wanted I knew I wanted to kind of have them age appropriate you know from prenatal all the way and she always kept you know when I did my prenatal um yoga teacher training, you know, I started learning about the goddesses and, Mm -hmm. you know, took all these courses. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm like, you know, and so she immediately was like, mom, that's the first class. The first class is goddess and that's it. And so we started writing. We were just like, okay, this is how, so we just, it was literally sitting up late one night in this room, just thinking about, okay, what, what poses would reflect, you know, how these kids would be. Yeah. That's amazing. That's fantastic. I love it. Such it's a like family. a whole, yeah, so inclusive of everyone in your family and everyone got like their own energy into it. It's beautiful. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. What are husband, some, the- some other names of your classes? Yeah, your, hus- your husband's like the head of it. So we'll mm. just, <laughs> we'll just leave him like, there. <laughs> I oversee. That's what yeah. he says. <laughs> Exactly. So, so we have goddess, um, mm-hmm. and then we when you move to if we go from like baby, you know, prenatal, and then we go to the babies. Well, that class is little lotus, so you know the lotus is meant yeah. to be reflective of you know, you know, coming to being mm-hmm. and um, that light that's now coming on into the into the world. Yeah. And so little lotus and lotus are like our baby and toddler classes. Yeah. And then from there we have the warrior, warrior one, warrior two, warrior three. 
Um, nice. Those are basically, you know, your school age going into teens because yeah. these are the, the, the kids who really, you know, they're starting to learn yeah. how to be themselves now. They're starting mm. to learn resilience. They're starting mm-hmm. to learn that confidence. And so in each level, as they go through, it's per their age and how, you know, the things that they would reflect in life, you know, the mm-hmm. uh, six to eight year olds are very different from the tweens and those are very different from the teens. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. um, more recently, we just opened a new class called Butterfly. And that class is for um, our students with additional needs because we started mm. realizing that, um, you know, initially everyone was sort of just by age. And then mm-hmm. we started seeing people, you know, more, more students who had autism or, mm-hmm. you know, some sort of genetic disorder that might warrant for them to have a little bit more individualized attention or to even, you know, recognize that they're with children who are just like them and to make them feel more mm-hmm. inclusive. Nice. Um, so uh, we opened that class um, as well. And mm-hmm. so, uh, you know, and that's completely different, you know, all of these. And of course, I have to have a family yoga class where I can drag my husband to yoga. Yeah. Every time. <laughs> does he go? Does he? He, he really does. goes? He actually does. He does. Not to all of them, but I have nice. to give it to him when I say, hey, don't forget, it's family Friday coming up. And he'd be mm-hmm. like, okay, and he'll come, you know. So that's <laughs> nice. the, the name of that class is Family Friday because for mm-hmm. the most part I have it on a Friday. Awesome. And um, and then we have like monthly kids parties. We just did one for Halloween last week. Um, that was pretty awesome. Uh, I had an artist come in and she, she um, helped the kids, you know, paint these beautiful skulls, you know, to, mm. to reflect the day of the dead, you know, and we kind of uh, walk through. Yeah. We use these opportunities to teach the kids elements of, you know, different cultures as well. And so we were talking about, you know, Halloween is Halloween, but in other traditions, including my own, you know, we rep, we, we, uh, reflect on the dead. You know, we celebrate mm-hmm. All Saints Day, All Souls Day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the day of the dead is, is included within that. And, um, and the kids were really, they had such a great time, you know, so it's yeah. not just about come in here and let's learn some yoga poses. It's really more broad than that. Right. I it's because yoga is not just poses. It is, mm-hmm everything and how can we use that how can we use these breaths how can we use the time to reflect within ourselves just to sit because sometimes I have to tell you you know I have kids who come in they you know they're being bullied they Mm -hmm. have parents who are divorced they have Mm -hmm. parents who are you know maybe they're living with a parent who has a a disability maybe you know there's everybody goes through and so they need their own time and they they need their own space kudos to those parents who entrust their kids mm-hmm. to you know yoga mesa i'm always yeah. in awe and i i'm grateful for that because you know like i said earlier it's the parents right it's the parents yeah. who make these decisions i don't go out there and go to kids and be like all right here you go come to yoga mesa <laughs> here's some candy yeah. come to yeah. yoga yeah, you know whenever whenever i saw a kid that was struggling i knew like the there was the parents that were struggling Mm. yeah yeah and that really comes down to a social iniquity inequity issue like why are the parents struggling you know well there's all sorts of things that are that are caught up with that with in terms of, Mm -hmm. of the infrastructure of of um institutional racism or the or uh you know the the desire for a particular part of the part of the population to keep the rest of the population impoverished, to destroy the middle class, to destroy the public education system. You know all these things are creating uh, a 
very uncomfortable environment for our for our teachers teaching yogas in Title One schools. You know, that's absolutely that's, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and that's exactly what we try to bring out to the community because it's not just about having kids come to the studio. Yeah. Not everyone's going to be able to afford that or even have yeah. the opportunity to do that. So I, I try to make it flexible for their fam- for the families because let's say someone wanted five kids to come practice yoga. Oh my goodness, am I going to take money for, for five kids? You know, it's things like right. that. So making yeah. sure that I'm balancing that as well mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. offering, you know, all of these opportunities to the schools, the Title I yeah. schools as an example. I mean, yeah. I live, like I said, in Bucks County, which is, uh, generally, you know, you know, there's some parts that are actually not as, you know, privileged as others. But if I just go across to, you know, to New Jersey, there's some parts of other counties mm-hmm. that are, um, you know, where having students and girls see someone like me mm-hmm. might be, you know, because it's, I, I actually did so helpful. a, um, I did a, a check. So I went on to Yoga Alliance and yeah. I, typed in my area and I wanted to see how many persons of color would come up. Mm -hmm. And now granted, not all yoga teachers are registered on yoga Alliance Mm -hmm. and put themselves in the directory. So this is, you know, not um, by any means um, an accurate count. Already there's some self-selection of privilege going on. That's true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there you go. And Mm -hmm. I counted, I think maybe five, including myself Mm -hmm. out of like, hundreds okay i literally looked through all of the pages i scrolled through and i Mm -hmm. scrolled through and i scrolled through and i scrolled through and i scrolled through and now when you think about that that's just Mm -hmm. in my one area because i didn't put a a wide radius i just put like um Mm -hmm. i was very specific um but if i even look through and i click on the profiles not all of them you know own a studio or they're Mm -hmm. you know they're obviously affiliated with Mm -hmm. others so so again you know Going back to all of those statistics that I was talking about earlier, you know, I, I certainly am grateful for the opportunity that I have to provide for my children and for others in the community. This is why, you know, I think a lot of people, you know, don't realize that as much as yoga makes this huge amount of money, I remember it was a gene telling us the other day, Harmony, that it's like, I, I, I didn't even, I don't even want to know what that number is in the billions. Yeah, it was like billions of, or it's certainly not, I don't know, 20 billion or something. <laughs> It's certainly not the reason that, you know, I came into the business. What? Um, You're not making or, $20 you know, billion most, dollars running a yoga studio? <laughs> yeah. making. But unfortunately, <laughs> there are people who are. And when you look at the mm. people who are doing it, it's probably not somebody who's looking like me. Mm. Right? So, yeah. you know, when you think about that, um, it really gives you a point of reflection. And, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, why are we doing what we're doing? That, yeah. That's what it goes back to, the why. And that's yeah. what keeps me going, really. Like, d- despite all of the, all of these sort of determining factors. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it, does, it shouldn't matter whether I'm a woman. It should not matter whether I am, you know, an immigrant. It shouldn't matter whether, you know, it's because, okay, this is the color of my skin. It, it should be about, okay, what, what are we trying to do here? And mm-hmm. is, it, is it good? Is it good? If it's good, okay. Does it help the human race? <laughs> Does it help us move forward? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we go from there. And I think, you know, this is irrespective of whether it's kids or, you know, mm-hmm. pregnant persons or 
this should be anywhere, right? Um, You do it. Yeah, it's so necessary. It's so necessary what, like, the mission of your school and, like, your heart and educating children on on all these different aspects, not just, like, on – you know, whether it's Indian history or philosophy or, you know, mythology, but like, because it is inclusive. And like you say, it is a part of all religions. I mean, yoga is the union, the union of ourselves with ourselves and the union of ourselves with something greater, whether that's consciousness, whether that's other beings, whether it's feeling interconnected in a society, in a culture, in a country, in the whole world. And so it's, Absolutely. I think that's like what people are missing and especially kids these days. I think they're really missing that like connection and that interconnection and that feeling like part of um, a community in an integrated kind of way, because like you say, at school, it doesn't always happen. And a lot of times, you know, unless you know, unless you you do have a lot of privilege, it might not happen in other ways either because kids are like at home on video games or, you know, I mean, my son plays with his friends all the time on video games. And it's yeah, like- that's a community. I know it's mm. a community, but it's <laughs> not like- They, they have their own headset. communities. Yeah. It's They're not, on a, like a Zoom call. But it's like not embodied and it's not like, but it's that's different just, than being in we're, somebody's we're, presence. We're doing the same thing I, here with, no, but with it's, Michelle. We're, it is different than like being in, in other people's presence and feeling other people's energy and like- But that is why we send them to the parkour. Yeah, that's why we send them to the parkour. <laughs> Mm. but and it's, 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 it's really still a competitive important. environment right when yeah. you think about that and yeah. that's that's what we have to try to mm-hmm. reduce to to tell yeah. kids that it's okay to not be in a competitive environment yeah. mm-hmm. okay we're just having a conversation we're mm. just playing this video game and it really doesn't matter if i yeah. win or lose right <laughs> yeah. do you, how many kids do you hear say that yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and I love like like just like exposing them to other traditions and cultures, which, you know, for for us, I my son goes to Catholic school, which I love. And you and you married <laughs> a I'm Jew, Catholic. which is great for Jed <laughs> yeah. to have all these different experiences. But <laughs> outside of that, <laughs> but you know, it's it's nice. I mean, in his Catholic school and in their tradition, they explore all different types of religions. Yeah. You know, and it's, I think wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. It's really nice because they can talk about it. They have the freedom to talk about religion. So he did like a whole um, module in grade, I don't know, three or four on On Libya. But yeah, it's just nice to be able to, I think, be exposed to other cultures and religions. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like you're saying, being educated about other parts of the world and history of other parts of the world, not just like your little, you know. And doing it and doing it in depth, not just because it's a check the box. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Because that happens too, mm-hmm. right? Where yeah. they'll say, okay, where I remember one time my kids coming home, uh, you know, before the Martin Luther King holiday. Oh, yeah. And I was like, okay, what did you guys learn? And they were like, oh, and they gave me this coloring page. And that was it. That was the extent of the lesson. And I yeah. thought. And I actually had to write a note to the principal and, yeah. you know, to, to just express my dismay and how I was so disappointed versus, you know, other 
And that's honestly all American kids learn about the Civil War in the whole of their 12-year education because it's just too uncomfortable and complicated for these for mm-hmm. for these people to have to to <laughs> dig into and they they don't give kids credit enough to have difficult conversations so exactly instead of you know having a conversation about trans issues we're just going to shut the box on, shut the door on that and that doesn't exist so you can't exactly it's always yeah. a no and again it, it's going back to that binary yes. it's either this or this as yeah. opposed to oh let's just Leave it open and see what questions come up. Yeah. Yeah. Which scares the shit out of most suburban people. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I'm reading this really great book. So as you can see, we do a lot of reading. <laughs> I know. We're not in we're not in the library today. We're in a different area. We haven't seen the other side as well. Um, but so what my husband's you? reading this one. He's reading uh, Obama's A Promised Land, the, the oh, most recent one. Nice. But I'm reading... Um, this book by Frederick Joseph and his wife, Portia Joseph, Better Than We Found It. Oh. And it really delves into exactly what you're saying, Russell, um, in the sense of, you know, they don't want to have the conversations, right? So if they don't want to have the conversations, how can we help them have those conversations? And Mm -hmm. so, you know, you start to, I mean, there are things in here that I, I am, even learning, you know, on, mm. on how I'm it's, and that's the thing. We're always, always learning, but because we want to learn, we want, mm. we are open to that. And that's yeah. the key. You have to be open to accept certain things yeah, and say, okay, this is the past. The past is the past. How can we change this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, that's the very difficult thing about a society where one side is open to learning it's been a very binary it's think very been a very binary way yeah. and the other side <laughs> seems pretty antagonistic to learning and i but i at the heart of it people are people right and so i love your what you're saying michelle is like how how to open the conversation right how to create that little bit of space that gets somebody thinking or questioning or creates even just like a glimpse of an opportunity for them to think huh i never thought about it that way and that might be all that it it takes right and if you have enough of those moments of like huh i never thought about it that way it starts to change how you're thinking about mm-hmm. things. Yeah. And so it doesn't have to be like a massive, like you're never going to like just shift someone's consciousness <laughs> or like perspective 180 exactly. usually. I mean, unless it's like nope. maybe traumatic. <laughs> but, but maybe it does start with questions. But like, yeah, I think asking. You, like, and that's exactly what yeah. it is. You just yeah. find that opportunity to just put it out there. Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. once it's there, it could be accepted. Mm-hmm. Um, or it can spur conversation, mm-hmm. or maybe it might be, you know, the person may not be open to hearing it and that's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you try. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, I think as long as you bring it in a respectful, non-condescending way, mm-hmm. um, then it, you know, it, it, there's openness for discussion. Um, yeah. but it's like you said, we can't change, can't change someone's thinking overnight. And certainly and so, not by raising your voice, but like, you know, like that's or just not like 
trying to put your position forward as the right one. It doesn't do anything. It just creates that tension. Yeah, because but we still do need to amplify. One mm-hmm. hundred, <laughs> no pun intended. Um, we still need to amplify those voices, yeah. right? Of yeah. who may be underrepresented in those yes. spaces. You know, mm-hmm. if you look at the yoga world, there are so many, so many great leaders. You know, when I read about them and I tell myself, well, why are they not here? Why are they not here? You know, and again, it's going back to that opportunity and that privilege. You know, I have the opportunity to sit here and talk with you because I happen to be in the same, you know, uh, social connection through yoga gives back. Thank goodness for that connection. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, You know, I would I, I see names all the time and I read all and I'm thinking to myself, my goodness, what, you know, like, how is it that this person is not here or how come, mm-hmm. you know, I think if we, if we just try to reach out and that's very different, very mm-hmm. different. I want to be very clear. It's very different from, you know, saying that you're supporting and inspiring when the objective of that is really more towards augmenting your own platform. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, because because I see that a lot too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it, it takes a lot of um, reflection to sit back and think about, okay, what are the, what are the goals of this? Yeah. If why, why do I want to do this? Why do you want to do this? Mm-hmm. Okay. We have a shared mission. We have a common voice in a particular way that we can do this. Yes. We're aligned. Let's go. Um, I think if if I cannot find those answers when I'm trying to contemplate something, it's very difficult for me to understand. Okay, this is something that's that's good for this, yeah. um, you know. Because I think you hear it all the time, right? Women supporting women. Well, yeah. To be quite honest, <laughs> sometimes Often not the case. <laughs> not happening. Um, and this is why I go back to saying, it's the future men. Mm-hmm. of this world who can change this world mm-hmm. because we do not even realize that you know all of that change all when they see that come down from the top then it starts to go from there unfortunately yeah. you know and we see this in not just you know the the from a gender perspective not just among women but you see it in the black community you've seen i've had comments made to me about being you know, because I'm West Indian, I'm not truly African American. I'm not, you know, like right. there's all of yeah. these. They, you can segment yeah. as much and cut and slice and dice all <laughs> yeah. around it. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. again, it goes back to okay, what is that shared common mission? Mm-hmm. And then we go from there. Mm. Yeah. It's to explore our breath <laughs> as beings. Yeah. I, Definitely. And I just wanted to. I don't want to take up too much of your time but i i you do have a book coming out that i wanted to ask you about yes. it's called uh we rise in power amplifying women of color and her voices for change and i just wondered if you could if you could tell us and tell our listeners a bit about that project and how it came to be absolutely and, and oh my what's goodness going i'm so on. happy you brought that up mm. so <laughs> this is a wonderful book collaboration um by uh, led by Lola Small, who actually um, founded, co-founded with her husband, Black Lives Rising. And she and I got connected through, it's it's funny actually how we connected. 
through our interracial marriages. Mm. So she's also she's married to someone from Barbados, which okay. is in the West Indies, and mm. I am also married to my husband. And so we actually connected through that. Mm-hmm. Um, and later on, you know, as we got to know each other, and she invited me to be on this collaboration to talk. It's it's really a, a book that will reflect the stories of all of these different women of color who were leaders in their own way Mm -hmm. and, you know, reflecting on, you know, the challenges, the Mm -hmm. triumphs, you know, it's really bringing together that collection of diverse women Mm -hmm. across, you know, us and Canada, because she's actually based in Canada and most of the authors actually are in Canada um, (laughs) who are advocating for social change and using whatever platform there is to, to bring that about in, in, in their arena. And so of course, for me, it's through my yoga. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, what led me to that? You know, what mm-hmm. was my, so, so you want to know the story and the history, definitely get the book and you'll, <laughs> yeah. you'll definitely know more. But, um, you know, I think it's, it's really a good opportunity to, to really talk about, you know, the justices, um, you know, what, what we need, yeah. equity, healing, connection, mm-hmm. all of that coming together in one, mm-hmm in one book. And it's, it's really, really heartwarming to me because the book is actually going to be released on international women's day next year in 2023. Oh, wow. oh, that's nice. great. And, and a lot of my work for the last couple of years for yoga gives back has always been during women's history month. Mm. And so being able to include that as part of my fundraising efforts, you know, for me, yeah. all of the the proceeds from this book will be donated to um, Yoga Gives Back. And so wow. it will be included in a lot of my fundraising efforts as I start to plan for um, next year. And I'm really, really excited. Um, so, it, you know, when we have, we're going to have this really huge party. You guys will have to come. You're more than welcome <laughs> to come you. join us. You can leave the cold. Yeah, that'd be great. Come to yeah. warmer weather. Warm it will be in March. We'll warm be, you know, <laughs> warm like Pennsylvania. Oh. And you know, we're gonna have yoga, and we're gonna have. We will be celebrating Holy, which is also at oh, the same time. Nice. So Fantastic. we will have a big celebration as well. So it will be that month. You know, most of the activities will be within that first uh, week or so in March, but the entire month will be mm. a celebration of many different things. So oh, really excited oh. and really happy to have that opportunity to help uh, share and advocate. And that's really what it's about, you know, really finding people who can advocate for um, those that come behind us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for, for sharing your story with us. I I don't, I've got a lot more questions about (laughs) Trinidad and And history. history, Russell always loves to talk about um, history. Oh, I would love to have that conversation with you. To have you back on the show. That would be great. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Wouldn't it be good if you had me on the show in Trinidad? Oh, yes. We should do a local local segment. (laughs) That'd be great. I'll start manifesting that one and uh, we'll make it happen. Absolutely. That would be lovely. That would be amazing. My family is always, the doors are always open. My parents love when we bring guests Mm. and it's literally, literally, you you will have a place to stay. (laughs) Amazing. A whole new family. (laughs) 
Oh, yes, absolutely. Thank you so much. I Thank appreciate you, you um, you know, offering me the opportunity to come and have this wonderful conversation. I really, really enjoyed it. Well, Thank you. we're just so grateful for your presence and your time, your time and tell everyone where they can find you. <laughs> so you can find us at www.yogamasia.com. Um, you can also find me on LinkedIn, Michelle Alkuri, and any other place that you see social media, please find us, follow us, and give us a few shout outs and come visit us too. Yeah. Come down to Pennsylvania, warm Pennsylvania, sunny Pennsylvania. Warm Pennsylvania. Bucks County. Mm. <laughs> well, Philadelphia is the city of brotherly love. Yes. So all love will be welcome. Thanks for listening to this episode of Finding Harmony. With me, your host, Harmony Slater. You can find out more information on my website, harmonyslater.com. And I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Standing in eternity's shadow, watching the breaking waves, there's a heart.